Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is Joel Craft coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Monday evening where we continue our reflections into the book of Revelation. And I should say we will be departing from an actual verse-by-verse uh, -verse reflection because of uh, your series of questions that have come to me as it relates to the relationship between Advent and the book of Revelation, Advent and the second coming. And I said question, but I should say maybe uh, invitation or encouragement, because your questions out there were much more about, can we talk about this? Certainly there seems to be a link between Advent and the second coming, Advent and the book of Revelation, and you're right, there is. So as promised last week, we are here this evening to talk about that, and I say we because Debbie Rosales is in studio to join me in this uh, reflection. So, Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. Thank you for having me. So, Debbie, before we jump into our subject matter this evening, I did just want to continue to uh, thank all of our listeners out there who are taking time out of their busy schedules to reflect with us, um, especially those who are tuning in by way of podcast in um, the various countries throughout the world. It's always great to see, encouraging to see. It convicts me to continue to, by the grace of God, just be present to what this radio program is all about. And I'm thinking of those who are listening in uh, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, Canada. Um, I do see you on the grid, and I thank you for uh, your gift of time. And so with that, Advent and the Second Coming, Debbie, what could be said? Well, maybe the best way to tackle this question or invitation is to look at what these words mean. Now, what does the word Advent mean? Well, it comes from the Latin Adventus, which literally translates as coming, approach, or arrival. It is more traditionally tied to the word horizon. Okay, horizon. Horizon is going to be an important word for us, Debbie. And then how about the book Revelation? Well, let us go to the phrase coming soon, because I think to really get at the heart of what we're after here is right. the second coming, coming soon, which in the Greek, parousia, that is a word that means appearance, invitation, and a word that best translates as simply presence. Huh? Presence. Now, traditionally within the church, Debbie, we go through a series of readings during Advent that focus on the incarnation or uh, readings that prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus Christ. But we also have readings that prepare us for the second coming. Mm -hmm. In that, there are a series of readings that have us reflecting into the nature of judgment, that have us reflecting into sin, right? That have us sure. reflecting into things that we should be reflecting about in the light of what? Our particular judgment, mm -hmm. okay? So we have a series of readings that have us focusing in on the first coming, we could properly say, mm -hmm. and the second coming. The first coming being the incarnation and the second coming, the Eucharist, first and foremost, and then, mm -hmm. of course, in a much deeper way, the final judgment. Now, we hear in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, from the outset, the Gospel of John, Debbie, really wants us thinking about what? Well, creation, mm -hmm. right? In the beginning. Where else do we hear that but in Genesis 1-1? 1, 1. 
And soon after John chapter 1, verse 1, we get a series of verses that really echo creation. Uh, Light, darkness, days. And in verse 14, we get that all-important verse, and the flesh dwelt among us. In point of fact, that is where we get the word tabernacle, because the Greek there is tabernaclus. Essentially, that translates as God has pitched his tent. Now, the question that begs to be asked is, why are we talking about John 1, uh, verse 1, or John 1, verse 14? Well, who authors the book of Revelation? But of course, John the Evangelist, the saint who authored the Gospel of John. Why doesn't he get into a second coming discourse, or what we traditionally know, Debbie, as the Mount Olivet discourse that Matthew, Mark, and Luke have? Well, he set aside a whole book for it, okay? And so what he wants us to see is not only the foundation that is the incarnation, but as the Gospel of John explores and what we have been exploring in the book of Revelation, this is something that is Eucharistic and at the same time, again, has us thinking about the end times. Now, the word Advent, meaning horizon, Debbie, what do we think about when we hear the word horizon. Now, what are some of the words we think about? I think sunrise. 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 Yeah, sunrise. And when you hear the word sunrise... I think of him, the yes. sun, S-O-N. Yes, amen. And that which is attractive, right? You're drawn beauty. to... Yes, beauty. yes. You're drawn to the sunrise because of its beauty. You are attracted to mm-hmm. it. And so essentially, you begin to move towards it. Mm-hmm. Even if your back is to the sunrise, what do you do? You turn yes. and you're just drawn to it. You mm-hmm. walk toward it. You, mm-hmm. You're compelled yeah, you by gravitate. it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And so what the church wants us to see is that ultimately there is a first advent, which is the first coming of Christ, mm-hmm. the incarnation, the flesh dwelt among us. And so the book of Revelation, while it be about the second coming, John was also f- about the first coming. Mm-hmm that the flesh did dwell among us, and we must prepare hearts. Before we get to the second coming, we must first understand and appreciate the first coming. Right. That is the link between Advent and the book of Revelation. Again, these words, coming, approach, arrival, and then, of course, that Greek word parousia, that translates coming soon, also meaning appearance, invitation, and presence. How important is that, Debbie? What... <laughs> is our faith all about, but that which belongs to presence. Why is the Eucharist the source and summit of the Catholic faith? Because God makes himself present on the altar. Mm. And when he does this, he does what? He, what does the parousia also mean? Invite. He invites. Mm. Just as that horizon and that sunrise is an invitation to us to contemplate Uh, the deeper meaning of life, to contemplate our existence, to contemplate what we are headed towards. So the Eucharist, as he makes himself present on the altar, is an invitation for us to contemplate just not that coming from which we receive him in the Eucharist, but also how this points to the final coming, if you will. And a synonym of Eucharist, communion. Mm. Coming in union with, we all long for union. It's, it's in our DNA that we long, even though many of you may say, I'm not longing for communion with Christ. Mm. I'm not longing for communion in heaven. No, you are. Yes. It's, it's in you. It's, it's the innate um, dignity of your person 
given to you as a gift at your conception from God Almighty, this communion with him, mm. um, what a more beautiful, I can't think of a more beautiful um, way of him coming to us. And, and so Advent is that preparation again. We, we get to do this every year, folks. It's just such a beautiful way to start our liturgical year. It's um, the do-over. It's the, it's the, okay, let me just get everything cleaned up. Let, mm-hmm. me, let, me, just, let me just get all cleaned up mm-hmm. for the baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Joe earlier, uh, an image my mom used to use was that we're preparing our, the crib of our heart for the baby Jesus to be received in the crib of our heart. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we do that? Do we want him coming into this dirty old dusty crib where we haven't, you know, changed the hay and mm-hmm. no, no, who of us would put a baby in, into that mess? Mm-hmm. So it's this time God in his goodness is giving us this time to, you know, sweep things away and gussy stuff up and get them all shiny and pretty. Yeah, it's really interesting <laughs> that we're talking about this, Debbie, because just this morning, you know, we have spring cleaning. Well, I was doing some winter cleaning, and a lot of leaves are in our garage, and some dirt has collected, and I yeah. was blowing away the leaves, and then there were these patches of clumps, maybe better said, of dirt. Mm-hmm. And with my cleats, I had to break up the clumps of dirt, and only then can I use the blower again and mm-hmm. blow then the dirt away. And mm-hmm. it was a process. Mm-hmm. I had to first take one layer off, and then I had to take sure. a second layer off, and then I found myself actually in a couple of cases scrubbing right the, the garage floor. <laughs> and as I was doing this, I was thinking to myself more about, gosh, this is a process. Mm-hmm. It's just not getting the blower and blowing all the leaves out. Mm-hmm. It's really getting to the surface. Yeah. And then once you get to the surface, you can really see the muck and the mire that's yeah, been what sitting else here needs for to a get long done. time. Sure. Yeah. And... We should say, Debbie, that we often tie the time of penance, the time of cleaning house, per se, with Lent. But that is not in the mind of the church. In right. point of fact, Advent, in its origin, really was about a, a time of penance. Mm-hmm. It was a time that we typically associate with Lent. Mm-hmm. Over these past few weeks and over the upcoming weeks, um, I have been and will be doing missions and the priest shared with me at the first mission, you know, it'll be interesting to see the turnout because typically there are a lot of people for Lenten missions, but not Advent missions. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, something about how we think about this time. Certainly, Debbie, I think a lot of it has to do with, at least culturally speaking, this is a time where we spend extra time buying gifts Mm -hmm. and preparing our house and so on and so forth. But let the liturgical season be our teacher be our guide for what this season is about. The reason why we are hitting the pause button on our study, verse by verse on the book of Revelation, is because, well, it is a season of Advent, and we do need to spend a little extra time reflecting into what this season is all about. And so this is what we are about. That being said, Debbie, you said something that I think is so important, and I would be remiss if we did not talk about this. Mm -hmm. You said, if some of you don't think you need to be loved you're wrong. And I could not agree with that more. Why? Because we are created in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean? Well, God is love. He is perfect love. And we are wired for God. Consequently, we are wired for love. Yes. Everyone desires to be loved. Yep. And the less loved we are, maybe the more isolated we find ourselves. But that doesn't mean we don't desire to be loved. Right. And point of fact, I think the real tragedy today is, well, what did St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta say? 
the real cancer is found in the West, and that is the absence of love, love. Mm-hmm. right? The absence of love, the absence of receiving that gift of self-donation mm-hmm. and how ultimately in the end, Debbie, this is what it is all about. And we don't, we don't want to demean any exploration of love with just saying, you know, God is love and we mm-hmm. need to be loved without really treating it. What is love? Well, love is to will the good of the other. Right. But we must understand that every act of love is going to be on some level sacrificial. And as long as that is true, which it is, then we participate in the very life of God. Mm-hmm. And when we participate in the life of God, what's happening you said it, you used the word. We are coming into union, mm-hmm. not only with one another, but at the same time, Debbie, with God. Right. And isn't that a beautiful expression? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why do we have such an affinity for St. Mother Teresa? Because she brought so many people together with that very point. Mm-hmm. Why does St. Paul say, when talking about the moral virtues of faith, hope, and love, that the greatest of all these is love? Is he undermining faith and hope? Not necessarily. Certainly, what does Jesus say? Your faith has saved you. Faith is very important, and we'll talk about hope here in a little bit. But St. Paul wants us to see that with love, that's the very essence of God. Love constitutes the very life of heaven. You will no longer need faith in heaven or hope in heaven. No, love constitutes the very life of heaven. There can never be enough love Right. 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 Wish we had that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Love never tires of itself because the very nature of love never Ex- stops giving. Expands. Yes. It keeps expanding. You know, the deeper we go into God, the more our heart expands. Mm-hmm. And the more our heart expands, the more we bring people into communion with God. Any reflection on Advent ought to be reflecting upon this because... On December 25th, we have the incarnation of love, mm-hmm. the incarnation of love. And, and Debbie, the book of Revelation, albeit <laughs> rich with symbolic imagery and at times elusive, is by its very nature, as it's caught up in mystery, an invitation to go deeper in our study of sacred scripture, which at the same time is an invitation to go deeper into God's love. You know, this week I uh, work in a very busy um, medical clinic with Joe's wife, Jackie. And I happened to be walking a patient up to the front reception area. And I looked out and, uh, you know, half a dozen people were out there. And every single one was waiting and looking at their phones. There wasn't one human being in our waiting room that noticed any other human Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. in our waiting room. They were waiting. Please, this Advent, Mm. there's no app for relationship with Jesus. There's no app for relationship with others. You are not going to find relationship staring at a phone. And it struck me. I looked out and I had sadness. Mm. It was just a a little God moment where he wanted me to see something because I'm guilty of it. Amen. Well, and I'm, I'm mea culpa right now, Debbie. And, and, and our culture right now should be saying mea culpa. And, and I think what you're speaking to now, how do we wait? Yes. It's quintessential to that great question. How do we wait? How are we preparing ourselves? How Mm -hmm. are we disposed to be? What were we just talking about? Presence present to one another. Right. And that's what struck me. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it's a great challenge for me Mm -hmm. because your quote unquote business is in your phone when you've got a number of things going on. And it's so easy to just 
Answer an email. Mm-hmm. Answer yes. a text. I get it. And all the while, there's someone who God is inviting you into a relationship with sitting next to you, and you don't even know who they are or what their name is. Right. You know, I was thinking about this earlier this morning. You know, I knew we were going to talk about waiting, and we were going to talk about preparation. The image I had is Jesus knocking on our door. Mm-hmm. Now, we hear that in Revelation chapter 3, I think it's verse uh, 20. You know, Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Let's take this literally here for a second. What if Jesus really was knocking on our door? (laughs) We're on our phone. Yeah, or (laughs) we're on our phone, or maybe it's just early in the morning, or maybe it's late in the afternoon, whatever time it may be. Are we ready to answer the door? Mm -hmm. Are we disposed to just answer the door and to talk with him? Mm -hmm. Our deacon at our local parish, I thought, made an excellent point the other day in his homily where he was saying, you know, in our particular judgment, when we have that final conversation with God, is that a conversation that is going to be a familiar one mm-hmm. or an unfamiliar one? Yeah, that was great. Right? I thought mm-hmm. that was a very important very, point mm-hmm. and a nice touchstone to that whole final conversation with God piece, because really, Debbie, what underscores that point is what lies at the heart of our faith. How familiar are we with Jesus Christ? Right. Are we in relationship? Yes. Yes. I don't know. Um, if I've talked about this on the radio, but one of the points that has just stayed with me since I've read it was when uh, Vice President-elect Mike Pence talked about why he left the Catholic Church mm. and why he was drawn to the church he belongs to now, and I'm not sure which one. He said, really, the priest never talked about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and so when I went to church at a non-Catholic church and all they talked about was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that was very invitational, and I wanted to know Jesus as a friend. I thought, man, everything about our faith is and should be about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It all points towards that one single truth. Mm -hmm. Romans 8, verse 15. We have been given the spirit of adoption, which we cry, Abba, Father. We call God Father. We are his children. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not talking about this, Debbie, I dare say we are failing in yes. our apologetics, our evangelization, our catechesis. Mm-hmm. John Paul II says in paragraph one of his great apostolic exhortation on catechesis, the fundamental goal is to summon man into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. Yes. And so, again, we have to have this ever before us, mm-hmm. which means we have to be disposed. We have to be ready to answer the door. Mm-hmm. And this season is one that is saying, get ready. Mm-hmm. Prepare your hearts. Be dressed. Right. 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 <laughs> Be dressed. What does uh, Paul say in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10? Put on the cloth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Put on the garment of virtue. Be clothed in Christ's purity. Mm-hmm. Clean out all of the muck and the mire that's right. sitting underneath all of the other stuff that we yeah. need to blow away, yeah. right? Right. You know, this Sunday will be the third Sunday of Advent. And, um, the rose-colored candle in your Advent wreath. And it's the week of joy. It, it, it is my favorite week of Advent. And, and joy, of course, meaning Jesus, others, and yourself. And I think so many of us have that, um, you know, kind of mixed up. We got, we got Yaj, we got ourselves, mm-hmm. others, and, and Jesus maybe last. Yeah. And, and then we're wondering why we're, where things are kind of out of sorts and um, confused because we are invited to be a people of joy, disciples that are 
joyful. And I love the, this week of Advent where it's, we're, we're in the push toward Christmas now and, and everything we've forgotten the last three weeks suddenly makes the to-do list. And the Lord's saying, just like you said, hit the pause. Mm-hmm. Hit the pause. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the basics. Is, are you ready? Not for by packaging. And are you ready to meet the baby? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to be one of those shepherds? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to be the king? It's, it's really interesting, Debbie. I think we unconsciously link God's will to everything that is um, unpleasant, mm-hmm. to everything that I, might be yeah. painful, yeah. To, to what is in one way or another seen as destroying one's freedom. As if A God's burden. will, yes, as if as God's God. will is an adversary to yes. joy. But what does he call us to? We're talking about the Eucharist. The Eucharist means thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. But it also means graceful. It's what the word gratitude means. Gratitude is a word that literally means the release of graciousness or the release of loveliness. The release of what, Debbie? God. Mm -hmm. The release of God. Gratitude is the virtue from which we release the very life of God into the world. Isn't that interesting? And we can only do that if, as you just spoke to it, we are in a Jesus-first relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? Right. If Jesus isn't first, then how in the world can we get it right? In God, for other. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to make him known, you first come to know him. If you want to understand the task, you must first understand the gift. And certainly, joy permeates every aspect of what we are talking about here. What is the first proclamation in the New Testament the angel Gabriel to Mary? Yep. Hail full of grace or rejoice, O highly favored one. Joy and grace belong together. If we are living in God's grace, we will be full of joy, which is a life-giving energy. Yes. It is a life-giving energy, and that is why it is so important that we reflect into on Garaote Sunday the meaning of this great spiritual gift, Right. Um, how it's very much the beating heart of the church right now. Mm -hmm. Because again, (laughs) joy itself is its own kind of advent, we could say, Mm -hmm. Debbie, in that joy itself is like a horizon in of itself. And don't you think that joy and hope are linked? When you meet a truly joyful person, and let's say you're having a bad day, and you meet a really joyful, other-centered person, Mm Mm-hmm. You get some of their hope. You get some of their joy. But it always gives me hope. Yeah. I, I don't think those two things can be no. apart from one another. No, you really, no, you're right, Debbie. Yeah, you're around someone who is joy-filled, and they, they put an extra hop on your step. Mm-hmm. And as they do, and of course, it's the power of God within mm-hmm. them. Sure. Um, suddenly, <laughs> you are filled with something. Yeah. That confident assurance that there's something more than what we see with the naked yep. eye. Yep. Right? Maybe things will be okay after yes, all. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is a tendency to equate the moral virtue of hope with expectation. Yes. Expectation is not a bad thing insofar as it doesn't take away from hope. Mm-hmm. We could properly say that human expectation becomes divine and consequently hopeful when it is imbued with grace. Because if you remove the divine faith or hope or love from expectation, it can become a disease. Mm -hmm. The disease of 
what ultimately leads to something like entitlement. Mm -hmm. Expectation leads to disappointment. Sure. Disappointment breeds resentment. Yep. And what you have on the other side, other side of resentment is a soul that, that erodes, mm -hmm. you know, and I think we've, we've all, yes, we've all been there. So mm -hmm. yes, there's an important link between joy and hope. A link that Benedict XVI made in his encyclical titled On Hope, On hope. <laughs> right? An encyclical that had him reflecting into the importance of joy and why, again, these series of readings during Advent reflect into just not joy, but also hope. Mm -hmm. We think it is heaven all the way to hell or hell all the way to heaven. Yeah. And when we do that, we That's just... That's interesting. <laughs> we just, we miss the boat entirely, yeah. <laughs> right? We have to, again, take a step back and, and look at what Jesus is actually saying here. Mm -hmm. He calls us to be joy-filled. He calls us to be in a living relationship with Jesus Christ that is enthusiastic for him. And does this mean that we will, we will be immune, Debbie, from suffering, pain, trial? No. no. But all the grace and all the gift and all the life that he has in store for us essentially allows us to work through, navigate, and ultimately overcome these sufferings, pains, mm -hmm. and trials. And for some of us who are going through something great right now, maybe a great trial or great pain or great suffering, we must always remember the crucifix, mm -hmm. the crucifix. There isn't any one thing he will never not understand, Debbie, because he's passed through it. Mm -hmm. Why was the crucifixion so horrible? Because of the immensity of our sin. He needed to pass through the most grievous torture ever known to man, according to Cicero, so that we might say, in our moment of despair, he understands. The most extraordinary suffering, he understands. Mm -hmm. So let us be mindful of these things as we uh, reflect into the richness of this topic, this, this topic that has us constantly reflecting into this uh, interlocking, if you will, mm -hmm. of the first coming, the second coming, uh, the incarnation of love and how this love is poured into our hearts in the Eucharist and how we are called to live this out. Live this out not only during the Advent season, but like every liturgical season, Debbie, these are truths that we are to integrate and assimilate into our everyday life so that after Christmas Day and Christmas season, um, similar to after Easter and Easter season, we are better and stronger Christians for the season, if that makes sense. Right, absolutely. And with uh, our Mother Mary, we can take these things and ponder them in our heart. Mm, amen. So that our, our, our answer can be yes, Lord. Amen, the great fiat. Well, we are out of time, Debbie, and I think we'll just wrap up with a word of prayer. Huh? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise. For the gift of this evening where we were afforded to reflect into not only the richness of your word, but also the beauty that comes to us uh, during these great liturgical seasons and how we are made to reflect upon this beauty, this beauty that is always on the horizon and always has us focused on you, not only on your first coming, but also <laughs> on your second coming and our final judgment. And as always, we pray Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen, and God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.